From the swamp one more time. That's right. I am on location in Washington, D.C. Did we pick the right week to come to D.C. or what? I mean, everyone and their brother is here. Obviously, the House is voting on the leadership and the Senate's trying to figure that stuff out. I don't know if you heard about it, but Donald J. Trump is going to run for president again. It's, it's actually crazy in this town right now. It's funny because when we got here a couple days ago, uh, it was pretty much dead, like a, like a zombie apocalypse, where is everybody in the city movie, and now everybody's here. Kind of nutty. Oh, I'm Dave Rubin, and this is The Rubin Report, and it's November 17th, 2022, and we're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. Uh, and today we have a rubinreport.locals.com community Q&A for you. Uh, I did want to start, though, uh, taking us out of the United States of America because, uh, you know, it can be a little myopic only focusing on our problems here, but other countries do have problems. There are other politicians who are not very respectful of individual liberty and, uh, you know, freedom, things like that. Uh, so it is good when we talk about them. So I'm going to do something up top about Justin Trudeau, and I actually can link it to what's going on here in the United States because his authoritarianism is not stopping in Canada, and I think it's exactly the same authoritarianism we're going to be seeing more and more of in blue states post this election where a whole bunch of people decided that they wanted to keep Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan and Kathy Hochul in New York and Gavin Newsom in Cali. And we're just going to see, a, a, I would say, a widening of uh, life and lifestyles when it comes to living in a blue state and a red state. And then we'll get to the questions. And then I'm off to the Fox Patriot Awards in Hollywood, Florida, doing Gutfeld on Friday, and I'll see who else I can uh, chat with over there. Real quick, guys, let me talk to you about Kamikoto knives. Uh, you know, it's time to up your kitchen knife game using Kamikoto knives. Using traditional techniques, Kamikoto crafts beautiful knives using steel sourced from Japan. Each blade is made with techniques that have been honed and perfected by generations of knifesmiths. They come in a beautiful heavy-duty ash wood box, and every blade is individually inspected and comes with a like, lifetime guarantee. Because of their single bevel edge, Kamikoto knives can achieve a wickedly sharp edge, the kind you just can't get with other knives. These are cut through your ribeye like butter sharp. Kamikoto knives are used by several chefs working for Michelin star restaurants around the world. They make amazing gifts that come in beautiful boxes. You can maintain each knife's edge with one of Kamikoto's sharpening whetstones. And like I said, they're so confident in their product that each and every knife comes with a lifetime guarantee. If you go ahead and buy now, Kamikoto's offering you an extra $50 off site-wide on top of their Black Friday sale. Go to kamikoto.com slash Rubin and use the offer code Rubin for an extra 50 bucks off. That's K-A-M-I-K-O-T-O dot com slash Rubin. Kamikoto.com slash Rubin. All right, let's talk about Justin Trudeau for a little bit. Because, you know, when we do these community Q&As, I always like to tee it off with the story. And obviously, I could do more about Trump. And we could talk about DeSantis. And we could talk about Mitch McConnell and everything going on here. And Kevin McCarthy and all the upheaval and all that stuff. But there is another world out there outside of the United States, believe it or not, Americans. Uh, and unfortunately, Justin Trudeau, who you guys know, he was just one of the, if perhaps the worst Western world leader when it came to lockdowns and looking at people's bank accounts. Remember the Canadian truckers when they were protesting him and forcing vaxes and just all of the stuff. Uh, well, Ch Trudeau is not giving up on any of it. He's actually continuing it, and he still wants people to get 
boosted and vaxxed and a whole bunch more and you're not going to believe it that kind of helps him keep a state of emergency going so that he can infringe on people's rights wacky stuff i know justin trudeau and uh, just on matters back home, we're watching hospitalization rates skyrocket at the moment. Ontario is going to start urging people to publicly wear masks again. Are you considering bringing back federal public uh, mask mandates? The single best thing Canadians can do to prevent our hospitals from getting overwhelmed, to keep themselves and their loved ones safe during the coming winter months, is to make sure your vaccinations are up to date. Please, like I did uh, just a few days ago, get your booster for COVID-19, get your flu shot at the same time, make sure your kids get boosted. Oh Lord, well, look, uh, I sympathize and empathize with those of you that live under the, uh, the veil under the shadow, under the foot of Justin Trudeau up in Canada. Man, uh, first off, the idea that Ontario might bring back a mask mandate. Masks do not work. You've heard it before and you'll hear it again. Masks, often people put on masks. First off, they touch their face a lot more. They're always touching it. People literally can't hear you speak. You pull the mask down to talk to somebody. You guys get all that. Masks, the air comes out the top. It goes down. <laughs> it just doesn't work. It does not work. So if you want to keep yourself in a plastic bag and wrap saran wrap around it and tie it up and all that, okay, fine, maybe. Um, he said the single best thing is to make sure you're updated with your vaccine and your boosters. That's not true. The vax and boosters basically don't work, which is why he's gotten COVID several times. Now, I know that they feel like they all have to say the same thing, which is, I'm so happy I got it because I got a less intense version of COVID. There's no studies proving that. Please, someone post the study that proves it. They all say it. It doesn't mean it's true. Actually, when we were walking around the Capitol yesterday, I was underneath the Capitol Rotunda, and there's a there's a there's basically an underground tunnel that you walk from the Senate building to the Capitol. And uh, we walked right by Michelle Walensky. It was scary. Rochelle? It's Rochelle. Rochelle, not Michelle Walensky. Rochelle Walensky of the CDC. We, we, we almost touched. It was weird. Um, don't like her very much. And I do have a tweet calling for her arrest that has about 100,000 retweets. So I don't think she likes me very much either. Anyway, no, the single best thing is not to get vaccine boosted. You know what the single best thing would be? To take care of yourself, to eat right, to exercise, to even when you're in Canada, get outside and get some air and get some sunshine and some vitamin D and live your life as you see fit. The idea that he's thinking about mandates again and encouraging people to get vaccinated. When What about the myocarditis? What about the heart problems? All of the stuff. You're a bad dude, Justin Trudeau, and I don't like you very much, and I wish all of my Canadian friends, you know, a lot of Canadian people moving down to Florida right now, you know, we had the snowbirds, uh, much like the Northeast people and the Midwest people who come on down to Florida for their winters, there's a lot of Canadians coming down, and I suspect a lot of them are going to try to stay, and uh, I would be doing that myself if I was a Canadian right now. Uh, let me talk to you about Moinkbox, and then we'll get to the questions. Uh, did you guys know that 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese? And their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you'll find it in your grocery aisle right here. 
There's a better way. I'd like to talk to you guys about Moink. That's Moo plus Oink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pasteurized pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. The Moink difference is a difference you can taste, and you can feel good knowing you're helping family farms stay financially independent as well. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes to chicken breasts to pork chops to salmon fillets and much more. I recommend the bratwurst. I just had it this weekend. Plus, you can cancel any time. My personal favorite is their filet mignon. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted. And Ring Doorbell founder Jamie Siminoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Plus, they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got Moinked. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now. And listeners of this show get a free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's one of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. Uh, but for a limited time, M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Ruben, moinkbox.com slash Ruben. All right, let's get into the community Q&A. I know we mixed it up today, a little political, a little personal, and a little caffeinated. Here we go. Bourne says, if DeSantis became our next president, who would you trust to be the next governor of Florida? Do you think Florida could afford to lose DeSantis? So look, obviously, Trump announcing is the big thing. Trump announcing also, it's super, super early, right? Like he, I think perhaps what happened here, what caused him to do this, was that he really did think the red wave was coming. He thought that he was gonna capitalize it and announce right after so he could take all the credit for the red wave. Red wave doesn't happen, but he had already basically laid the groundwork to make the announcement, so he went ahead and did it. Now that's one thing about Trump. As far as DeSantis, again, I don't know if he wants to run. I know he loves Florida, and I know he's doing a bang-up job here. And I also know that your state right now just means more than the federal government. That's the way it was set up. It sounds weird. It's like, wait, you don't love all of America? No, I do love all of America, but I can affect uh, Florida, the state that I live in, more than the rest of the country. And, and that's what you can do in the state that you live in as well. Or you can choose to leave, right? Like, it's really, it's as simple as that, although I get it's not easy and simple to move, but it's as simple as that, like making some decisions so that your life and where you live and who you live around and who you're voting for fits in with what you think of the world. So what happens if DeSantis runs, beats Trump, and now DeSantis is president, who's gonna take over in Florida? Look, Florida has incredible infrastructure. Almost everyone that I've met, not even almost, everyone that I've met around uh, Governor DeSantis has been absolutely spectacular. It's an airtight team. I would say Byron Donalds, who I just interviewed, I interviewed him on election night. Uh, if you didn't see our live stream on election night, we did a quick mini interview. It was loud and people were cheering and going nuts. And then I just interviewed him uh, here in DC, which will be up uh, early next week, I'm being told. Uh, he's excellent. He's a congressman from Southwest Florida, which was the area that was crushed by Hurricane Ian. Uh, that's the Fort Myers, Naples area. Um, he's, he's a really bright young voice. He checks off some of the identity politics stuff, not that you guys care about that. I think he would be interesting. I think maybe Miami Mayor Francis Suarez would be interesting. I think our state uh, CFO, uh, Jimmy Petronas, might be interesting. I think there's a whole bunch of people. Kaylee McEnany? I don't know. Like, There's a lot of good Floridians. You never know. Or DeSantis makes it over to uh, the White House and then Trump becomes governor. Who, who knows? Uh, Ray says, what are your Thanksgiving plans? So Thanksgiving is the one holiday that we try to host at our house. So uh, that's uh, with David's family. So his family, mom, uh, 
father-in-law soon enough, I think. I probably just tipped something off there. Maybe, you never know. If anyone's watching this from the family, I have no inside information. It was just something I said. Uh, and uh, brothers and sisters and all that stuff. Uh, and fortunately, we have a whole bunch of people that are really fantastic chefs and cooks and everything else, uh, including David, of course. He's going to be a little distracted with the kids. Uh, so we, it's a team effort in the, uh, in the kitchen. I'm psyched. This will be our first Thanksgiving, obviously, in Florida. And I'm incredibly thankful for the state that I live in. So I'm psyched to have everybody over. And I also just, Thanksgiving to me is by far my favorite holiday in that it's a, it's a purely American secular holiday designed for us all to take a moment, like stop fighting for a moment and just realize you got some food on the table. You're hopefully sitting with some people you love or at least like, and it's like, it's pretty good despite all the craziness. And that doesn't mean we got we can't fight to make it better or we shouldn't, we should, we should. Uh, but there's a, there's a real decency to Thanksgiving that I, that I just appreciate. I also appreciate unbuckling the pants and laying on the couch and taking six naps. Uh, Lewin says, will Carrie Lake fight the fraud? Look, it's hard to know what the hell happened in Arizona. It almost felt like it was like destined to go this crazy way, right? Because Carrie Lake was, was the politician in this entire cycle who was talking about voter fraud more than anyone else. She was backing Trump on fraud claims more than anybody else. And then it turns out that her state, which they had been doing work to make sure it was going to be better this time around, that they turn out to be the ones that it takes seven days to count the votes. Uh, Blake Masters, who you guys know my feelings, I think he's a great dude, and I think he would have been a fantastic senator. He has conceded, so is what it is. Uh, he has a bright future, whether it's in politics or, or private sector or whatever. Uh, Carrie, I, I suspect she's going to fight. Uh, that would be my guess. I mean, it's within, I think, 1%, and I think she'll try to get some stuff recounted, and uh, and we'll see what happens. But more than anything else, whether you like Carrie, whether you like Blake, whether you're happy about what happened or not, it's like we need to secure elections. This Dropbox stuff, this early voting stuff, this bundling stuff, and then deciding suddenly that, no, we'll find out maybe tomorrow. Eh, actually, it's going to be three days. Oh, it's six days later. Now we'll announce. Even if it's all legit, as I keep saying, even if, even if there was no fraud within that whatsoever, although I think the more time that goes on from the, when people cast their vote to when it's announced, you, you're giving room for fraud. But even if there's no fraud, the idea that you wait six days and that all these things can happen, it puts the idea in people's mind that it's fraudulent or it's being messed with or there's a little tomfoolery. So that, I think, is the problem. Uh, Deb says, do you go Black Friday shopping? Usually I'm in a post-food uh, post coma. And, uh, you know, some years I did over the years. Like, I remember when, when everyone was getting flat screen TVs for the first time in New York City. I remember putting, bundling up in the jacket, going to a waiting line on the Upper West Side to get into Best Buy so I could fight with, uh, with someone over a, over a flat screen TV. I mean, what kind of world is it that someone would walk up to somebody and just punch them in the face and take a 50-inch flat screen TV, but I did it. I did what I had to do. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. So I've done it. I guess I'll do a little more probably virtual and, and try to stay off Amazon just a bit. I'm really trying to get off the, the Amazon, uh, take that Amazon uh, piece out of me because uh, it's too much stuff on there. Uh, Amy says, Dave, help. I'm stuck in blue Jersey and can't get to Florida or freedom anytime soon. Any advice on what I can do to survive this dystopia that's taking over? My kids are infected thanks to college. Oh, man. 12 years of Catholic school, poof, gone in four years of higher ed. Oh, man. Well, first off, you know, Jersey, 
uh, last time, the, the last Jersey gubernatorial race was pretty close. It was within, a, I think, 1%. So Jersey almost went red, uh, but did not. Jersey also, because of the proximity to New York and tri-state area with Connecticut, it's like it's all driven by New York. So even if Jersey's a little bit red, it kind of feels like it's blue because New York is blue. Um, what do you do? Um, hopefully you just show your kids that you're a decent person and that you're not a bigot and all of the things that they're probably thinking about you from the info that they're learning at college, right? Uh, and if you do that, then hopefully some of the things that they were taught in school before they were infected will come back. And then I would say also, I know you're saying you can't leave, but you really should think about it. Like if you're really out of whack over there, with if your beliefs are just out of whack with the direction that your town and city and state are going in, you just gotta think about it. Uh, Curtis says, enjoyed your Tim Pool session the other night. What was the highlight of the conversation for you? It was totally fun doing Tim Pool. I, the, the coolest part for me by far is that Tim, when, when Tim started years ago, and we kind of rose together, Tim's become this sort of massive, you know, he's got this massive young, I would say mostly male, sort of political, cultural, video game, skater, audience, politics, all weird stuff. It's kind of funky and weird. What the coolest part was, I was just super proud of him. In some ways, I kind of felt like an older brother, I think. And I said to him at the end, I'm just so proud of what he's built. I mean, he's got like 20 employees. They've got this huge operation over there. They're expanding. They're doing all this stuff. And it's like when I met him, he was this broke little kid with his beanie and his little handheld camera. And he had nothing. And he worked and worked and worked. And he called out the BS where he saw it. And he actually was a journalist. He didn't have to put air quotes around. And it worked for him. So the coolest part was just seeing, you know, all, I know so many people that... I've kind of grown with, and some of them then go nuts, and some of them, some of them become failures. But when the succeed, when the successful ones who deserve success get it, it's it's awesome. Freebird says, "Where do we go from here?" Uh, I sense you mean that in some sort of political and/or existential uh, sense. I am going to Hollywood, Florida, to the Fox Patriot Awards. Uh, so if any of you are at the Hard Rock Hotel over the next couple of days, I'll be around. Come say hi. Elizabeth says, I've noticed that when talking to people both online and in person, they are quick to anger and quick to insult. How do we get back to talking to each other with respect after having helpful and having helpful debates after the political polarization of the last several years and the rise of social media? Well, I hate to tell you, Elizabeth, it is not going to be easy because with Trump back in, it's going to unearth a whole bunch of stuff, right? And I think in some ways, in some ways that's good. Right, Trump has a way of unearthing stuff, getting people to expose themselves, getting the machine to show you how nonsensical it is. But it also comes with a lot of emotional baggage for people. And it comes with, a, with why did they call it Trump derangement syndrome? This thing where everyone thinks the whole world revolves around this guy. So I think a lot of the emotional stuff and craziness and fighting, we've just begun to get back into it again. It's also why whether DeSantis gets in or not, it's like, just don't go down that road with each other. I, I don't think it's DeSantis's motive, but I don't want Trump to go down that road with him. It's like, Trump, if you, if you want us to support you, and a lot of us like you, and as I said, there's a good chance I'll vote for him. We got to see, we have to see what happens. Um, but just the, the mutually assured destruction, the I'm going to take out anyone at whatever the cost might be, I'm worried about. So what do you do? You just try to be a better person. Just try to smile every now and again understand that they don't know exactly what they're saying, which is why they're so angry, and go from there. Uh, Palmetto says, we had our second boy in August. Congratulations. 
And I've noticed a lot of little differences, preferences, fussiness from the first child. Have you noticed any differences between your two boys yet? Hope you enjoy DC. So obviously we had Justin in August and then we had Luke in October. So they're two months to the day off from each other, um, which at three months and one month, it's like, it's a pretty significant difference. Uh, Justin's disposition is very, very like kind of chill and smiley. And if this kid is has eaten and if this kid has pooped, he is happy and he's good to go. Luke is a little more sensitive, right? He's a little more like you got to work with him. He's a little fussier, but there's a softness to him like a there's just like a goodness in him that you can see. So I think, I think they're going to be a good match, uh, certainly for each other and definitely for us. Uh, Dave says, on the Tim Pool show, you said we should all flee to red states, but if we succeed power to the federal, but if we secede power to the federal government, the Dems will crush the red states and overthrow the constitution. How do you stop them from federal overreach at the state level? So yeah, I, I don't know that I went quite that far, but basically what I was saying was if enough of us go to the red states, the blue states will still want stuff from the red states. Like the red states really could separate. I don't mean civil war or breaking up the union. I mean just taking care of their own business, taking care of their own house, getting their house in order. I think the red states could do that effectively. I think, you're, I think we're already seeing it. So whether you think I, I, it's a good idea or not, it's happening. It's happening in real time. People are moving and 550,000 people in the last couple of years left New York, about 350,000 people left California. Nobody's moving to those places. They're going to red places and they're making red places redder. And then thus it makes blue states bluer. So it's happening whether you like it or not. Um, the issue really is about the federal government and what the federal government will try to do. You know, the federal government tried to send election monitors into Florida on election day. And DeSantis said, no, he said, this is the purview of the state. What do you, what do you think you're doing? We have no doubt that our elections are run uh, fairly and the feds couldn't get in. So I think the states are going to need to do more and more of that because this, this federal government under Biden and the Dems right now, they want money and power and control wherever they can get it. And the red states are going to have to figure out what the parameters are, what the walls are, to make sure that they can't grab any more of those things. Uh, Dawn says, how can we trust election results that take a week to tally? Are they using common core math? <laughs> they probably are using common core math. Don't forget to carry the one, people. Um, how do we trust them? We gotta tighten them up. We gotta tighten them up. It's, it's the worst feeling in the world when you vote and you don't feel like it counted or you feel like they just drop box it at the end or late voting or you're waiting three days. Like that's why voting in Florida, as I said, it was such a freaking pleasure. Fill out a piece of paper, show an ID, walk over with your own piece of paper to another man at a box, put your piece of paper in the box yourself, feel like it actually was all legit. Why is it that blue states don't want that? Black people can get IDs, okay? Black people get on planes, right? I'm pretty sure they do. So it's, it's like these people want, they either want fraud in the system or they want the appearance of fraud so that you just feel like you have no power. It really is as simple as that. Sam says, apparently abortion was a bigger issue than we thought in 2022. Do you think it'll still have legs in 24? Democrats love to run on it, but now it almost seems settled. Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Many states had it on the ballots this year, helping Democrats win, but now what? You know, it's a little hard to tell. I suppose uh, that abortion, that the Roe v. Wade decision and then abortion back to the states did maybe help the Democrats to some degree, right? There's a certain set of women that are voting on that more than anything else. And perhaps young women got in and that was the number one thing for them. 
Uh, I think what we're going to see, though, is that the states are going to just do what the states were doing before Roe v. Wade. They're going to make decisions accordingly. 15 weeks here in Florida, it's a pretty solid one. I think that's, that is, once again, I think that's the blueprint for most states to do things fairly and with some degree of compromise. And then you make whatever decision is best for yourself or you donate money and time to help people so that if you're really anti-abortion, you can help a girl who who's maybe thinking about it. Like that puts choice back in the people's hands. Um, so as far as 2024, I, I suppose it will still be an issue because are we going to codify it? Are there going to be some states that outlaw it altogether? Are we going to start seeing busloads of young, poor black women from Alabama going to California for abortions where they get an abortion and a cookie from Gavin Newsom? I suspect over time the optics of that are not going to look that good. Uh, but I would also say that it's, it's very unfortunate that abortion is such a big issue for everybody because... It's, it's a personal and private decision, obviously, for the most part. And then there's the issue of where the state has to protect life. But also there's so many, I don't want to say more important things, but there are so many functions that the government really should be focused on all the time, like, you know, keeping you safe and the border and police and things of that nature and making sure the economy is chugging along, that abortion just becomes one of these culture war things that envelopes the whole thing and, and it's messy. M says, why do you think so many Gen Zers are turning into leftists, even though some of their parents are conservative? Because youth is wasted on the young. It's as simple as that young people think that things are supposed to be a certain way. And because they think it, they think it should be and it should be forever. And they don't realize in America, we have grown up, if you're growing up in the last 40 years in America, the success and wealth and privilege that you have as a free person in a free society and it was very easy to give away and then we give all these kids all of their awards whether they come in first or they come in last and they're confused about what actual pride and hard work is they're confused about what individual rights are and that they think that the machine is designed to just take care of them and actually the machine is designed to control them and and the culture and the movies and all the stuff and that's why we just got to keep building new things uh, Parallel says, how do you feel about crypto? Well, it's been a wacky week for crypto in general because of this FTX thing, which was a centralized uh, a centralized way of, of taking in crypto money, which is nuts because crypto is completely uncentralized, decentralized. Um, I still think Bitcoin is completely legit and we need more outside of the system ways to be able to negotiate and bargain with each other and exchange goods and all of those things. So crypto still seems like, uh, Bitcoin still seems like the right one uh, as far as I'm concerned, but but crypto in general is, uh, is under attack right now. And uh, you know, sometimes when things are under attack, it means that they're doing something right and the powers that be don't want it. Um, but I wouldn't dump all your crypto. If, I, if personally, if I were you, I wouldn't dump all of it. Um, I would kind of wait it out because also our economy is still feeling pretty weird. Uh, all right, last question. Ethan says, really like the hoodie you were wearing on Tim Pool the other night. Who makes it? That hoodie is from uh, Marine Layer, which has become one of my favorite stores, not sponsored in any way by the Marine Layer people. I would love to love their t-shirts, love the, the hoodies, love the shorts, uh, bathing suits. They, they, they've just got great stuff. They probably have a, a shop in your town. If not, uh, well, they definitely sell it online. Uh, all right, guys, as always, subscribe if you have not. Rumble.com slash Ruben Report, RubenReport.locals.com if you want to play along during the show. Uh, part two of my interview with former uh, Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker is up right now. And uh, we have no live show at 11 a.m. tomorrow, but we're going to be posting all these D.C. interviews uh, starting tomorrow. 
And then throughout next week, and again, I'll be at the Fox Patriot Awards, Hollywood, Hard Rock Hotel for the next couple of nights, and then Gutfeld on Friday night, and I'm probably, probably had some other things while I'm there. Anywho, uh, that is all from the swamp. See you soon. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.